your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome everybody. All right, today we're talking about miracles. Do you believe in miracles? I do. I certainly believe in miracles. You know, belief in miracles is widespread. Uh, There's uh, been recent surveys that have even said that about 72% of people in the United States and about 59% of people in the UK believe that miracles take place. And, you know, why do so many people believe in miracles in the present age of advanced science and technology? Well, uh, you know, let's consider this. There's a lot of answers. There, there's a lot of consideration to it. And, and it's very important for us to understand that it is important makeup of many people, especially people who have spiritual uh, beliefs uh, and, and beliefs in God. You know, the first answer is simply that miracles actually do take place all the time. If they take place all the time, it's not a surprise that many people witness them and believe in them. However, philosophers have widely agreed that miracles always involve a violation of laws of nature, such as acts of healing uh, to a fatal injury instantly or or turning water into wine are considered miracles uh, because they violate the laws of nature. And and they cannot be performed without defying the laws of physics, chemistry, biology, and so on. And and yet nature is a uniform and stable system. And if the laws of nature were regularly violated, we would not be able to speak, walk, or breathe. So even if miracles can occur in principle, they simply cannot occur regularly. And then there's other answers, and that's the belief that miracles is a projection of wishful thinking. You know, if you look at that answer, many people believe in miracles because they want to think that they take place. And there's some truth to that. And one can argue that the belief that in miracles is healing is particularly common uh, because what people want to remain hopeful even when they suffer from serious illness or injury. However... It's not clear why so many people would believe something merely because they want it to be the case. For example, a whole lot of people want to become millionaires, but few believe that they that they are millionaires unless they really are. And so, you know, we also have to look in the belief of miracles. It has, it's got cognitive, which is thought-based, and developmental origins. And according to uh, a recent psychological research, a cognitive mechanism that detects violations of the laws of nature is in place as early as infancy. And in one experiment, two and a half month old infants consistently showed surprise when they witnessed their toys appearing to teleport or pass through solid objects. And so some psychologists even argue that such a violation of expectations creates an important opportunity for infants to seek information and learn about the world. And so in these experiments, infants spent more time exploring toys that violated their expectations than appeared to hover in the air. And some psychologists also argue that a belief in miracles has survived for a long time because miracles have a common character. 
minimal counterintuitiveness. And that is well-known miracles often deviate slightly from intuitive expectations, but do not involve overly uh, counterintuitive elements. Now, I know that's a lot of gobbledygook, but they really uh, spread successfully through generations because they offer an idea that is challenging enough to attract attention. They also avoid overtaxing people's You know, like Jesus walking on the water, Muhammad instantly restoring the sight of a blind person. They're indeed minimally counterintuitive because they're only slightly um, uh, counterintuitive. And then, you know, there's this other answer that that appeals to that thought-based and developmental origins of the belief in miracles. And and that seems to be very compelling. It's important to note that, that, you know, miracles... It's not implying that miracles cannot take place, but they do. And you want to consider a parallel example. Suppose a a psychologist uh, discovered that hungry people tend to see illusions of biscuits in their cupboards. Well, (laughs) that could be. This doesn't mean that whenever hungry people see biscuits, or you know, that they're seeing illusions. It may well be the case that they really do have. Something like biscuits. I don't even know why I come up with biscuits. Biscuits. I, oh, I know why, because I made biscuits yesterday. <laughs> even if psychologists can explain that, they're counterintuitive, or, excuse me, they're cognitive and their developmental origins of a miracle. The miracles can actually take place. It, it, that is a separate question. Now, any experience in which a person believes in supernatural agents is influenced uh, by an event or an outcome. And there's often a presumption that someone's likelihood of believing miracles is associated with a lack of rational or scientific explanations of phenomena. And and then it's also measured with education or class. You know, however, now surprisingly little research has been done on who, what, when, where, and why of our belief that we had in miracle experiences. But in general, someone experiences a, a threat to their existence that can include economic, political, you know, health. They become ripe for having a miraculous experience. 850. Now, this is a study that was conducted by Ed Eschler, and he is a, a sociology of religion professor at Baylor University. And he published this on, uh, I believe, July 7th last year. Um Anyway, he found that in general, when someone experiences a threat to their existence, that is is uh, they they are notably 57% of them believe they had experienced a miracle of some kind because they're kind of set up for that and and he didn't find any correlation between someone's degree of education and their likelihood of experiencing miracles people with college degrees were just as likely to report they experienced a miracle as those with no formal education whatsoever and also there's a a, a societal uh, assumption that wealthy and educated people favor scientific, more rational explanations for these events. But he said in a news release, there is a, a, a rising ex- evidence that has more to do with the security that being rich and educated brings. People who experience fewer existential threats do not rely on religious explanations or events. That's what he said. But in, income levels in his study don't appear to influence someone's likelihood of experiencing a miracle unless... They're living in absolute poverty, unable to afford food, clothing, medicine. The richest, most well-educated are still more likely to experience miracles if their lives become uncertain or threatened. 
And basically, if you go from a historical perspective, everyone has believed in supernatural uh, miracles throughout the ages. And, and back then, back even back way back farther back, uh, people had more propensity to believe in miracles. Um, if you go thousands of years back, you know, 2,000, 3,000 years back, you see that in history. But as the world has become more secular, we're aware that it could all just be random choice, even if we believe in God. What has not changed is the attributions to God are a way of bringing order to the world while people feel they do not have control. And that is an important concept. And I know it sounds kind of atheist-like, but but it's really important to understand that, you know, people, if they feel they don't have control, they're going to migrate to God. And if we try to define other people's experiences using our own uh, human criteria, there's a lot that can be missed that, that really messes up our ability to hear and understand what they're saying. An important part of studying people, uh, as Ashley has done, especially a group that's seen as on the fringe, is just extending the courtesy of looking at them with empathy and acknowledging that most people believe what they believe because of their life experiences. And that's the truth. And that was basically, uh, that's not a quote, but that, that comes from what Eschler had put down. And during the times of insecurity, a whole bunch of us feel like we're walking in, uh, you know, in danger. And every time we leave the house, you know, uh, some people are skeptical by having faith in miracles would never would would improve the outcome of a public crisis or reduce uh, 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 somebody's effect like a politician. But if you believe in miracles and experiences, it's uplifting and it can give us hope and something divine at a time when constant barrage of terrible threats makes us so many of us feel beaten down and hopeless. And God knows we all have gone through that during this time of COVID and the change of politics and all the crazy stuff we're seeing in this world. You know, discovering that you or a loved one is, is, is seriously ill can really be devastating. And, and if, especially if the prognosis is poor. And among those responses to that type of news, you know, experiencing disbelief, anguish, worry, many people turn to spiritual support, including the hope for a miracle. And that is important. Believing in miracles is very common. And it is, it's something that we all need to embrace that in this life, there are possibilities for miracles. Even physicians believe in miracles. You know, there was a poll of about 1,100 physicians from different religious faiths, and they were asked if they believed in miracles. And yes, even higher than the average American percentage, 74% believed in miracles, and 73% had the belief that miracles happen today that they will happen in this day. Some people rely on, and I mean that as today, June 1st, <laughs> you know, some people rely on religious and spiritual beliefs as a way to live their lives. And, and many others turn to those beliefs in need in times of need, but relying on powerful, uh, beneficent and supernatural being like God or angels or guardians to be present and hopefully intervene that can help afflicted people cope with extremely difficult situations, you know, and prayer can work, especially the prayer of the masses or prayer of several people. Prayer has been responded to, and there has been a lot of studies around that. You know, if, if we once again 
uh, look at David David Hume. Um, he was quoted by saying, you know, a miracle is a violation of the laws of nature. And as a firm and David Hume was a Scottish philosopher and a historian, by the way. And as a firm and unalterable experience has established these laws, the proof against a miracle from the very nature of the fact is the entire as any argument from the experience can possibly be imagined. You know, it's, it would summarize, you know, the average person believes in miracles. Miracles are impossible because they violate the laws of nature and the very nature of these laws dictates that they are involuble. You know, certainly discussing the Christian faith and, and unbelievers in, in Christian faith often encounters the roadblock where a person is willing to believe in God and, and, and in the person of Jesus Christ, but they're unwilling to believe in miracles. But it's not only philosophers and unbelievers that have this problem. They, they struggle with the concept, uh, and, and that violates one or more of the laws of nature. And that's what we have to understand. And I know that's a complex term that I'm throwing at you. But, you know, it's really important to understand that in, in an event in the natural world, but out of its order, is possibly an intervention of divine power. And an event cannot be explained by known laws of nature. And, and if that happens, it's it's attributed to the supernatural or divine power. And also a, a marvelous event manifesting a supernatural act of God is considered a miracle. And that is considered a God intervening into the universe, into our lives. You know, there's a lot of examples of this stuff, which we'll talk about later. But, you know, that that intervention of God in which it, it interrupts our laws it, and to accomplish his will means that there's a greater purpose. He's keeping things on his plan. And that's how God intervenes. He keeps things on the plan by creating miracles that keep us moving in a direction that he wants us to be in. You know, a biblical understanding of God's uh, uh, uh wants and needs requires us to understand that God upholds the world from moment to moment and his creative activity uh, did not end his involvement with the world. Rather, God has been sustaining the world since the very moment he called it into existence and is fully involved in the world today as he is during the initial act of creation. And, and, you know, his act of creation continues even today. Uh, conservation and creation are near synonymous terms when we examine God's involvement in our world. And I'm not trying to preach, but miracles often are a part of faith, and we have to embrace that. You know, it, it, it'd be, you know, God tends to govern a world in which is a, a, a way that is predictable. And we often refer to predictability of nature discussing the laws of nature. And so, you know, you see this in the word miracle, you know. Christians understand that there are laws of nature, and I believe that there is a sense in which we can, for nature is really governed in predictable ways. And if you were to reach your arm out and drop up like a can of Coke or something like that from a window, it would fall and land on the head of a uh, 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 Probably my dog <laughs> next to me, which he probably will start snoring pretty soon. Um, hopefully you're not snoring. And so, you know, so there's a consistency in our world and the consistency is basically based on laws. 
And and people would do better to understand the laws of nature in terms of regularities rather than laws. When we speak of laws, we understand something that is is inviolable. We might even think that God himself cannot violate these laws once again because they are the very nature inviolable. And with this understanding, a miracle is a violation of a law and a violation of the inviolable. And so, you know, when Moses, through the power of God, parted the Red Sea, he must have violated any number of laws. God intervened with the law of gravity and violated it, holding back water and piling it as a great wall. But the danger of that view, if we really look at that view, is is we may come to believe uh, that, that God's involvement in the world and in our lives is sporadic rather than consistent and exceptional rather than normative. And we may feel that it is the laws of nature that keep the world running while God watches over it, allowing the world to work like a machine. And we may feel that a miracle's activity of God's intervention of our lives after he retreats once more to being a bystander or a member of uh, the, the divine audience of the world. So, you know, there, there's, a, um, there's a, a real sense in which a miracle differs from what we consider normal. Only because it's an explanation of the routine. And and in either way, God is upholding, governing. And we would do well to see miracles as a great display of God's power and involvement and, and, and reinforcing our beliefs in God. You know, what difference does it make when we have a proper view of, of providence? You know, God's always working directly in the world in the most fundamental metaphysical sense, actively sustaining it in the sense of constant creation from moment to moment. And, you know, if you look at that, a miracle claim does not disturb the belief about the underlying cause of nature's uniformity. And that's important for us to understand. So to understand a miracle is, is, and the laws of nature is really just a means we use to describe metaphysics and the actual phenomenon of providence, God's providence. And, and so the difference between how it appears that God works uh, to, us, to us and how he actually works, you know, the biblical understanding can have a profound impact on our life. You know, if you think about uh, how you were as a kid looking around at others, you know, we thought people were lucky, you know, it just always seems to work out for certain people. Well, it can certainly work out for us, too. All right. We're going to talk more about miracles. We're going to break it down a little bit better. Um, I'm, I'll try to get off with all this religious stuff. But um, bottom line is I come from that perspective. So come back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. 
Listen for Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. Her show topics cover creating lasting transformation in challenging environments and how creating change can have an impact on the success of individuals from a mind, body, and spirit perspective. It's going to be inspiring and uplifting each week. So tune in on Tuesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. And also listen on the Voice America Business and Influencers Channels. Transformation takes one step at a time. It's time. It's time to serve, learn, change the world. Tune in each week for the power of young people to change the world. Hosted by NYLC's CEO, Amy Muirs. The program is a forum for both young people and the adults who love and support them. We make connections with others through stories of change, partnership, and new perspectives of issues facing the world today. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time or anytime on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about miracles. You know, miracles in life are wonderful things. I know that in my life, I've had many, 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 many miracles that I'm so grateful for. Um, Things that just completely go against the laws of nature. You know, if if you think about... um, you know, we look at life and we think about the term lucky. And, you know, there is no <laughs> lucky is not in the Bible, by the way. <laughs> there is no lucky in the Bible. But but some people uh, that are atheistic or, or agnostic um, tend to believe that, you know, people are lucky. And they would, you know, somewhat equivocate that to a miracle. You know, but we can't help but scratch our heads and wonder what the heck that uh, that we're doing or what we're not doing you know personally uh, I can share that I'm doing what has been a complete game changer some may dismiss it uh, but you know whatever but I think the results speak for themselves and quite honestly I don't I don't care what others think I believe in miracles and I expect them to happen in my life I expect miracles to happen daily and I have the faith to support my belief in that and that's an important thing you know, we have all heard about miracles, but sadly, not all of us believe in them. You know, the scientific community is working feverishly to debunk every miracle known to man, and there are tons of websites devoted to disproving what many of us hold sacred and dear to our core beliefs. And why is that? Why do some commit their sole existence to proving there's a logical and explainable reason for every daily action? Imagine if they committed the same energy to proving majestic things happen every single minute without our knowledge that impact the lives of millions and have since the dawn of time. You know, imagine how daily lives of people would be changed if they knew the great things in their life were not always 
they're doing. You know, do you ever uh, think your life would be different if you believed miracles happen daily and your faith that belief would change in your life forever? You know, <laughs> as a believer, you know, I realize miracles in my life happen without my knowledge. And oftentimes those miracles produce unfathomable outcomes even years later in life, maybe 20 years. Just because you don't see immediate results, you know, you don't quit believing. And and who would have ever thought a, a severely disfigured, uh, uh, you know, person like me? Well, I was severely my my I was pigeon toed when I was younger. Now I'm not. You know, it's a miracle that we even have the type of surgeries that can create that to where you not have to be a club foot your whole life. You know, you you do not only expect miracles to happen. You know, but we reaffirm their existence. We also expect them to happen daily. Daily miracles take on a different meaning and not all are life changing. So many of the daily miracles have minimal impact uh, to your weekly or or annual actions, you know, but they're a cumulative uh, action in your life and, and involvement in your life have a profound effect to your total quality of life and well-being. You know, waking up every day excited to take on the world and go to work is a miracle. You know, you can tell your friends, you know, the people that dread workday, uh, weekday mornings and the thought of, you know, punching a clock or whatever, you know, I, I go to bed happy and uh, proud and, 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 and very excited about life because I love to see what the miracles will be in this life. And, and most importantly, miracles are nothing without faith. You know, in today's world, so many are quick to take personal accountability of their own success, and they truly believe they've gotten where they are in life through their own hard work and intelligence. For me, I trust in God's plan on my life and have finally learned to embrace it. You know, it's amazing just seeing clients and being fully present with them hour after hour after hour after hour, day after day after day, six days a week. I love it because I feel that I'm there for them working through God, letting God work through me and, and let him help these people with what I know and what even what I don't know. I even surprise myself sometimes, not that I'm all that, you know, incredible of a therapist or whatever, but, you know, I feel like I do good work. I enjoy my work and, and I get good, good results. Um, and, I feel that a lot of times it's God's involvement in my work that really helps other people, you know, and, and sometimes I feel like miracles even happen in sessions where people are ready to kill each other in marriage. They can't stand each other. They've called names. They've done all kinds of crazy stuff. And the next thing you know, uh, you, you turn things around and they're walking out, holding hands and kissing. You know, that's a great thing. You know, miracles have different forms and play different roles in each religion. You know, in, in the religions of the West, many things in, uh, in common have a bearing on the way in which they view miracles. They share uh, in being religions of the holy book. Uh, and they, they place importance on events which have been reported and occurred in the Bible or in history. You know, it, these events are reported taking place like in the time of Moses, like in the time of Jesus. You know, the, the people of Israel really believed in that. People of, uh, that follow Muhammad believed in that. 
you know, they're very important. They've served as a foundation for historical proof of the existence of God in Western religions. And the leadership of religions of the West do not want miracles taken lightly and do not want false claims of miracles. You know, they they often uh, first investigate claims of miraculous things in order to disprove them. And the concern is that if people come to accept the claim of a miracle and it later turns out to be disproved, that they had come to believe what might not, uh, they or they may stop believing in miracles in that case. But, you know, the, it's amazing to, uh, you know, lose our faith altogether if we disprove a miracle and find out it really wasn't a miracle. And there are things that happen that are not a miracle. They do have a system of understanding, and we also need to embrace that too, you know, where science can actually uh, prove that this is something that was manifested by man. You know, uh, there's prom- there's the premises of the arguments for miracles. You know, the, the, the premise is there is an event that's taking place that violates the laws of nature. And if the laws of nature are violated, it could only be by a power that could violate the laws of nature. That could be the power that would have created those laws. The lawmaker, the one who created those natural laws that we all follow. And that would be God. And the conclusion is that power uh, would have created the laws and the lawmaker and that 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 deity must exist. That proves God is what I'm trying to say. You know, then there's the criticisms. You know, what exactly are miracles? Do they prove the existence of supernatural, you know, a deity, a God, a supreme being? You know, what does it take to prove that a miracle has taken place? And and could it ever be proven that a miracle has taken place? And that would be the criticisms that people have out there. And, 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 you know, proving some event is a miracle, you know, so so let's say an event is reported to have occurred. And is it a natural cause or supernatural? Can it have either a natural cause or a supernatural cause? Or it cannot be a miracle if it's, uh, if it's a natural cause. If it's a supernatural cause, then it is a miracle. You know, so that, that is defined is only to have a, a supernatural cause would be what be considered and classified as a miracle. You know, it can be used to prove there's God, and anyone who wants to claim uh, uh, an event is a miracle needs to satisfy two conditions. The burden of proof and is on defend, you know, defending that the miracle is uh, not – there's no other way that it could have happened but be a miracle. You know, and so in, in, in logic, it's shown that you can never prove a general negative claim. Those that assist the affirmative claim – have the burden of proof within the community of reasoning and the thoughts that would take place. And that means they have to prove that to other people, you know, and, and, and this goes for claims that are, are purple, you know, elephants with yellow stripes, that there are miracles and that there is a single supreme being. You know, miracles are very, very difficult to prove. And so difficult that several philosophers have concluded there have uh, been no miracles so far. And, and so there's a lot of critique around this problem, around the concept of, 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 of a miracle. You know, exactly what constitutes a miracle is a matter that basically has to be considered. Uh, given the importance of, of those events, should they be correct or truthful? You know, a miracle is, is an, an event. This is, in, by the way, this, this quote is in Wikipedia. 
you know, and, and it's a miracle is an event believed to be caused by the interposition of divine intervention by a supernatural being in the universe by which the ordinary operation of nature is overruled, suspended, or modified. So the term, and this is once again Wikipedia, is derived from Latin word miraculum, meaning something wonderful. You know, some consider any unusual event as a miracle, or at least an unusual event with a positive outcome, you know, like winning the lottery. (laughs) Negative events with less possibility, you know, being hit by lightning three separate times are not considered as miracles. This is a very weak use of the term miracle, because once a person has been hit by lightning, guess what? Now they become a lightning rod and they will get struck by lightning again and again and again as they're around it. You know, it it can't be uh, uh, the basis, basically, uh, for the proof of the existence of God because unusual events occur all the time and have explanations. And so those would not be correlated with God. You know, like, like if you survive an auto accident. It's not a miracle. That, that event happens often and has an explanation using the laws of nature. You know, the, the, such survivals do not violate the laws of nature. However, you know, some uh, surviving an auto accident uh, do consider it to be a miracle. You know, what if there was a semi directly in front of you and suddenly you missed it and you were less than a foot away from hitting it and you were going 65 miles an hour. And if you didn't hit it, that would probably be a miracle. You know, uh, um, God might be in that. And, and, you know, if God determines who survives an accident and who doesn't, uh, dies. However, you know, we hear people say he died in the accident. It it was a miracle. You know, (laughs) if, if people look at miracles, they, they, many of them can be happy events, Many of them, you know, are, 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 are great events. A person survives cancer when the chances were 1 in 50. A person survives a car crash when other people were killed. You know, the, the sur- survivals are happy events. But if survivals are miracles and indicate that a deity is behind them and caused them, the deity also caused the deaths of 49 from disease and 5 from the crash. And so those deaths would be miracles as well. Uh, you know, if you want to call them miracles, you know, except some event is being a miracle in order to use it to prove the existence uh, that it's not just happy events. You know, it, as to prove a supernatural being, we have to satisfy a whole lot of conditions. Number one would be the event must violate the laws and there must be clear and disputable evidence, which compels us to accept that the event took place as reported. That is important. That's why believing in the Bible, every single word of it, is an important aspect to life. You know, if it's highly unusual someone to die or fall from, you know, less than four feet, you know, like off a stool or a chair, but it's highly unusual for someone not to die if they're falling from, you know, let's say 10,000 feet, you know, both events have happened. Uh, People fall off a chair and hit their heads and die. People fall out of planes and live. And and so, you know, we call those who live after an unusual fall a miracle, but those who die after an unusual fall, that can be a miracle too. Um, You know, falling off a chair and dying is quite strange. 
You know, if we call the miracle an event because it is so unusual and not uh, what was expected, why not call the event of someone's dying after falling off a chair a miracle? That That is the argument that's out there. And so, you know, if we think about it, you know, uh, if we think about some consider events which, which there are no explanations as miracles, it's isn't clear whether this would mean no, no explanation at the present time or no explanation is possible. And that can't be used as a, a proof for existence of God because the events could receive a completely naturalistic explanation. So it's possible that events would be explained by advanced science, even if possible events that appear miraculous because there's no explanation at present, but maybe someday down the road, they can prove that there were natural causes for something to take place that was previously labeled a miracle. And that's fine. That's acceptable. But there are just miracles that have happened. If you see Jesus healing people, you know, healing the blind, bringing people back to life, those are miracles, just flat out miracles. That means divine intervention has taken place in this life. You know, some consider... Uh, 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 it's possible, you know, that 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 uh, medical cases are not good cases for miracles because there's too many alternative explanations, and there's almost always not violations of the laws of nature. You know, medical doctors and scientists do not know everything, and commonplace events today would have uh, been thought to be miracles in the past. You know, therefore, you know, medical diagnosis prognosis have proved to be inaccurate and incorrect. And there is insufficient evidence that to conclude that an event would have been caused by a single supreme being. What I'm saying is, is important because we must understand that down the road, 100 years from now, 50 years from now, 1,000 years from now, people may understand how a miracle took place. All right, we're going to talk more about this. We're going to break more of this down. We're going to look from a historical perspective. So come back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Unravel the mysteries of metaphysics every week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Join host Barb Crowley as she and her insightful guest share what's been learned behind the veil, going just beyond our five senses. Now you can see things with an entirely different point of view. Tune in for Metaphysics, a view through the veil, broadcasting live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Use it to explore your advantage and deeper understanding. What's the difference between leaders who achieve exceptional results with ease and those who struggle to keep up? 
Tune in for Leading on Purpose with Nicole Bendeley. You'll discover the simple practices that are making the biggest difference to a leader's success today. You'll meet leaders who are bringing out the best in their teams. You'll gain practical strategies to lead yourself and others to high performance with ease. Leading on Purpose airs live Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about miracles. Do you believe in miracles? You know, not all who learn the reports of miracles accept them as a conclusion, evidence for the existence of a supernatural uh, reality or spiritual beings. So a lot of people have accepted or attempted to give Alternative accounts to those experiences that do not involve the acceptance of a deity, a supernatural being, God, there's a thing called naturalism. And it's an approach, basically, to religious experiences and miracles, which explains them as being the result of supernatural or natural forces. And it accounts for, like, the phenomena of natural terms without recourse to anything that is beyond the physical realm. And in general, all reality and all experiences can be accounted for and fully explained in terms of physical processes. And so there are different explanations for the origin and nature of religious experiences and miracles and and what they have in common. And, And there's also been an attempt to offer a full explanation in empirical, uh, empirically, uh, scientific, verifiable, natural terms. And so, you know, if you look at some claims, you know, there, there's uh, uh, phenomenons are looked at sometimes as magical imminent, uh, images or, or, you know, experiences or just stuff that, that basically happens in life by natural terms. You know, just because we can't explain it doesn't mean there isn't an explanation out there. We just may not have all the facts yet. We just may not have all the details to understand how these things take place. You know, uh, if you look at the miracles in the time of Moses, there was the burning bush, the staff turning into a snake, the plague of locusts, which we have 15 states in the United States are now facing the plague of locusts. I've actually heard people are eating them. <laughs> so that's pretty interesting. Then there was the plague of frogs, Uh, Then there was the Nile turning from blue to red, the death of children of the Egyptians and the parting of the Red Sea. And then if we look at Christ, there was his virgin birth, the wedding uh, feast where water was turned into wine. And then there's him walking on water and the cures of the blind and the deaf and the lepers. 
and the multiplication of the loaves and the fishes and the raising of the dead, uh, which was Lazarus. And there was a, a daughter of a, 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 a lieutenant or something like that in the Roman army, uh, which he brought her back to life. Then where's his own resurrection? There's more recent things. There's like things that like statues that bleed, uh, paintings that cry, uh, stones that drink milk, you know, apparitions on the walls, on the floors, on the windows, on bagels. <laughs> Even <laughs> There's also alternative explanations like the creation of the universe. You has always existed cycling over and over uh, again, in and out, one big bang after another. And so miracles in the time of Moses, like the burning bush, uh, is called a hallucination, heat distortion, a mirage effect, staff to snake, a, a trick done as well by the Egyptians. Uh, you know, so the, the, the natural disturbances uh, caused by the explosion of, of Santorini uh, caused a number of strange and dangerous phenomena across the Mediterranean coast of Africa. And then Moses took took that as signs that the deity wanted the Jews to be let go. And he used them as warnings to Pharaoh to be used as a petition to let people go uh, uh, from Israel, uh, to from Egypt to Israel. And so they took place before Moses went to the Pharaoh, but in retelling it, it is exaggerated and it's reported that they took place after the warnings. So we don't know, you know, looking at this kind of stuff, there's always going to be one side looking at it and another side looking at it. And so, you know, the, like looking at the, 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 the burning bush as a hallucination, um, you know, I understand that. But if you believe in God, you don't, you don't, you don't look at it that way. You know, the idea that events described in the Bible related to Exodus, which is the time of Moses, might have occurred in a manner somewhat similar, and I'm just being skeptic on this side of it, similar to the description of the Bible as a result of natural phenomena, and this is the, what the atheist would say, that has been advanced by many natural scientists using techniques of archaeology, history, geology, scriptural studies, bringing together a whole bunch of artifacts and architectural evidence or ar archaeological evidence with a lot of current theories um, that put things together and try to create a, a natural account instead of a biblical account of the miracles that could have taken place during the Exodus. You know, the it's it's amazing that it it, it places the uh, if the, the the studies that have been happening, it places in the time of a cataclysm of the eruption of a volcano in the Greek island of Santorini, which I've been there and I got to tell you it's a beautiful place. It is a gorgeous place. I would love to go back. <laughs> you know, and and it, that's been the linchpin of a lot of theories that have gone against. Uh, what Moses did, and they they also cited uh, modern parallels such as uh, uh, Lake Nias disaster in the Cameroon, which believes that it's much what the Book of Exodus describes can be explained by a chain reaction of natural phenomena triggered by an eruption or an earthquake. Uh, ten plagues that smote the Egyptians, according to the Bible, are explained in the documentary as a result of a volcanic eruption on a Greek island that occurred 3,500 years ago. And, and so that's their answer, you know, and, and, and they also have an answer for the slaughter of the firstborn by the angel of death. And it was a lethal cloud of poisonous carbon dioxide gas released by a geological upheaval, you know. 
Hmm. You know, and of course, the most dramatic event recorded in Exodus is the parting of the Red Sea, which, uh, you know, you think about uh, Cecil B. DeMille's movie <laughs> about Moses and Charlton Heston, you know, right. But, but while revealing a lot of ancient carvings and hieroglyphics, uh, they argue that the Old Testament account, uh, uh, remember, this is a scientific explanation, suggesting that the biblical reference to the Red Sea is actually a mistranslation of an ancient Hebrew word meaning reed sea, which is now a dried body of water. And they hypothesize that the seismic uh, 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 activity caused by the earthquake may have been temporarily raised a land bridge for safe passage and the pursuing Egyptians were unfortunate victims of perfectly timed tsunami approaching from the Mediterranean because of that action. You know, uh, they look like the plagues of locusts is caused by debris from an eruption. The plague of frogs caused by the debris uh, from the eruption of the Santorini uh, Atlantis earthquake. And the Nile from blue to red caused by the debris of the eruption of volcano in Santorini. They call that Atlantis, by the way. You know, the death of children of Egyptians, they feel, is caused by bacteria and viruses that were spread by insects and vermin that moved into the city because of the debris of the eruption of the volcano in Atlantis. And the Egyptians lived in the city while the slaves were kept apart and out near where the work was required. And if you cannot accept that as possible, the stories of the Bible are perhaps a bit exaggerated, distorted over time, when what happened may have been, in their view, the supernatural disturbances caused by that eruption caused rodents and other pests and insects uh, to move from the riverbanks of the Nile towards the inhabited areas and with them, they brought disease, caused death amongst the weak Egyptians, and the small children were aged, uh, uh, and the aged. And so the waters were also poisoned by falling dust, uh, carrying poisons to animals and humans, and many families had only one child. So it would be exaggerated that the firstborn were, were selected to die, and animals died as well, infected by the disease. This is the scientific approach of looking at the Bible. So they could also be infected from poisons in the water that were contaminated. And the Jews were being held in captivity, working on structures away from the city and were spared those infections. And also Moses used this as still another sign that his deity favored the Jews and indicated that the Egyptians should let the Jews leave. That was the scientific aspect of it. So everything was caused by an earthquake but or, or, or a volcano. And so, you know, I can understand all this stuff, but why doesn't that happen since then? Why has that not happened since then? Now, I understand there is a belief in Atlantis, which has never been discovered, but the idea that Atlantis is out there and that that is what took place to create or, or, or to, that destroyed Atlantis. And that would have been a fairly large volcano that would have happened if it did kill um, and, and take down Atlantis below the sea. You know, if that that, that sinking of the island uh, uh, is retracted by the implosion and the somatic uh, activity, then they return as a tsunami. It's possible. It's possible. And, and those, there's these alternative uh, explanation of plagues in the parting of the Red Sea uh, miracle. There's there's websites out there. Um, there's uh, uh, 
fragments of time um, out there. That's one website that if you want to go from that way, you know, they looked at the, even the scientists look at the virgin birth as a lie devised by Mary and her cousin, perhaps with Joseph's approval to cover up the becoming pregnant by a boyfriend, Joseph. And so an unmarried woman pregnant would be scorned or worse by the Jewish community. That's how they look at that. Also, the wedding feast, water and wine. Jesus innocently discovers that there are other urns filled with wine during the wedding reception. That's what the scientists would say. That's what the scientists people say, the atheists would say. You know, there's no more wine for the guests on the tables. Jesus indicates there's more wine Bride's father didn't want to admit that he was keeping his best hidden away and then said it was just water, only to be found that by Jesus instructing the servants to serve the urns for inspection. So the bride's father lied to cover up the cheapness and said it was a miracle. And Jesus would not want to embarrass him by claiming it was otherwise. That's what they would say about turning water into wine. You know, walking on water, a mirage is what they say, or low tide, curses of the blind, deaf, lepers, psychological effect, the placebo effect, uh, multiplication of loaves and fishes. People had the food hidden in their garments. That's what they say. <laughs> if you look at this stuff, it's, it's pretty interesting how far people will go to debunk uh, uh, miracles and theories of miracles. And it's kind of sad. You know, now, if you look at the most recent phenomenon, statues that bleed, um, you know, they're determined to be fake weeping, we, uh, weeping statues or stone that drink milk is found to be fake. Apparitions on the walls and bagel nut. You know, it's all just coincidence. You know, it's just amazing that we can take the miracles that do happen for in this life and try to humanize them and try to take control in our own way. I understand trying to debunk and, 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 and explain things, but it's very important for us to also have faith. Life is a faith-based venture. That means that everything we do, getting married, buying a house, having children, getting a job, taking a job, you know, all of them are leaps of faith. Getting in your car, you know, mowing your lawn, whatever. Everything we do is a leap of faith. We don't know what's going to happen. So we experientially learn. That is why failure is not an important thing in this life. But it's important for us to believe in miracles and to have faith. Because if we do, we are in line with what life is, which is one leap of faith after the other. All right, that's our show. I'd like to thank you for listening, and I'd love to hear from you. And you can do that on our webpage at voiceamerica.com, the empowerment channel, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Now remember, for some of us, the fact that you're still alive is a miracle. Also, if you're out of miracles, there's always magic. (laughs) Also, do what you think you can't. That is a miracle. Do what you think you can't. Also, while being a God parent, make sure to let children know you represent God. Thanks for listening. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. 